second. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back door? They're coming. They're coming. Oh god, they're here. Go. Damn this wicked planet. Welcome to the Wicked Planet Podcast, episode 66. We are coming at you once again from the haunted garage in an undisclosed location known to nobody at all. Except me and Ron. Except, Ron, you hold your tongue. Except for Ron and myself. Tonight, we discuss worldly topics. But before we get to all that, you know him as Ron from New England. Others know him as the big booty official inspector for the USA. Some as the SS Beaver Hunter from the North. But his friends and family know him best as the one humped camel. Ron, what's going on? Oh, boy. I have to keep from laughing during those ones. So I am the USDA choice. Official choice. Official choice. Number one pick, baby. Big booty inspector. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, I think they've really been recognizing and noticing all the effort you've been putting in. I do like the big booties. Online, inspecting and looking at women with big butts in bikinis and thongs and well, underwear. You know, they track all that stuff. I like I like little little booties, too. Well. Like some girls, you know, they, they just have littler booties. It's okay. I mean, it's all good. All the booties I see you looking at, <laughs> they're weighing in at a lot, Ron. Like more than, more than the average booty you see out, out walking around the town. Well, how's that song go? I like big booties and I cannot lie. No, Is there something what? Like that? I don't fucking know. How's it go? Because I like big butts and I cannot lie. You oh, want to fucking do now? Yeah. I'm a girl walks in with any be wasting around thing in your face. You get sprung. Something else. I don't know. I don't know the rest. <clears throat> The Haunted Garage Studio trash can did not get emptied this week. Agent J! 
so it's getting a little full. Is that on Agent J's chart yeah. list? Is it? Yeah. yeah. We'll have to have it. We should have a meeting with him, a formal meeting. Well, I had a little meeting with him today. Where we talk about his, uh, his the expectations that he has as the official agent of the Wicked Planet podcast. Well, I had a little conversation with him last night. Had another one with him today. And we'll see what happens. Were they like, were you like, Agent J, I'm not mad. I'm just oh, I never say that. I never say that I'm not mad. Oh, are you like, I'm fucking pissed. No. Why aren't you doing shit? No, it's just they, they should be able to tell by my tone. Okay, so. Uh, it's bike week. Okay, so it is bike week in New Hampshire. And we, the Haunted Garage, to give you a little hint where we are. Mm-hmm. Is literally right down the street from the speedway. <laughs> yeah, and it's also a main drag oh, road uh, to Laconia, essentially. Mm-hmm. So a lot of traffic goes on this road right outside, which is 101, uh, straight to where Bike Week is held, which is... 101? Was it, you just making that up? Isn't this 101? It's 106. Ah, fuck. I was close. Well, the old time was used to call it 106. Sorry, 106. It's a main drag all the way to Laconia and like the wares and spike week. So there's a lot of traffic on this road. A lot of action. There's also a lot of hoes, scantily clad hoes <laughs> walking around. Ron and I went to the store earlier today and uh, to get, you know, our, our usual stuff. Some, supplies. Some supplies, some, some back, uh, black and milds, some beer, some ice, maybe some food. And there was this troop of gaggly geese. All dressed in scantily clothing wardrobes. So the warlocks were hanging out. The first thing I saw when I walked hanging in the door, deep. first thing I saw when I walked in the door was red platform high heel shoes. I just saw cheetah print. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Green. They were green. I saw cheetah print. There was, che- yeah, these <laughs> girls. Okay. These girls were young and we call them like like when I used to do the whole biker thing and used to spend all my bike weeks at like right in the thick of it in Laconia, at the Weirs. So that's where everything happens. Uh, these girls are what we would call the local talent. Yikes! And so me and Buckley walk into the store to go Ooh. to go hit the beer cave, and uh, and it was these three ladies standing at the checkout. Nightwalkers and uh, yeah, <laughs> we actually don't know that. No, we don't know that. And they're probably just having fun. They want to try to you know get somebody's attention because that's what everybody does up there. They want to get attention and fishnets and fishnet shirts and little like really really short dresses, like tits hanging out, boobies almost out. Yeah, it was. Uh, Ron was like, I thought he was about to have a heart attack. That's not even remotely he, like, true. He was like. No. He grabbed his chest. He was like, dear God, Buckley, come take on. the wheel. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you, honey. He's like, I can't take it. <laughs> he was. He got all sweaty and red. That's not he true. He started panting like. <laughs> hey, I've seen my share of very nice looking ladies in my lifetime. Yeah. And if I was Agent J, I would have thought that about those because that's Agent J's type of girl right there. Yeah, I was kind of like, ooh. I tried to kind of stay away from him. Mm. Like, I tried to, I stayed on the other side of the cash register. No, I know. I know. I saw you. And then when they, like, 
left, I, 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 I switched over to the other side. It's not my style, man. Uh, I guess it's really not my style either. I like my ladies to have a little bit more class than that. Yeah, they just seemed like, I don't know. Well, here's a prime example of... Like a big wolf. A, a, a prime example of, don't sexualize me. But look at me, I'm walking around half bare ass in my green platform high heels. Yeah, I don't think those girls probably give a shit about stuff like that, though. No, probably not. Dr- judging by the the way they were dressed. I can tell you that now it's probably, although I talked to a buddy of mine that's up from the Carolinas, mm-hmm. and he was up there uh, for the last couple of days. He said it's pretty crazy up there. Oh, is that the guy today who came in? No. Oh. No, no, somebody else. Well, I, I, hear, I hear Bike Week's nuts, but I've never been. It used to be a lot crazier. I could tell you that. It's pretty, it's, it's, it's mellow. You know, for some reason, and I don't know why they would want to do this approach, but they wanted to turn it into a family event. Okay. Some things what? just, some things just aren't meant for families. Well, bike, <clears throat> anything with bikers is probably not meant for families. Well, bikers do like family stuff too. Well, I'm sure they do. But like the bike week becoming an, a family event is. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, bikers by themselves, biker clubs. I don't know if they call them outlaw groups anymore. Certain ones. Yeah, certain ones. But like they're generally not known for wholesome parties, I guess. Yeah. Like you're not going to have a barbecue that's like. Well, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe okay, I'm misjudging. So, all right, so I used to live that life. You yeah, you would know better. I than used I to do. live that life. And we used to do a lot of like fun, cool things. Uh not only that, we used to do a lot of fundraisers for our food pantries and charities and stuff like that. So so I mean oh, and Toys for Tots was a big one. Yeah, but what about all the drugs and the alcohol and the nudity and the well, stripper poles and the fights and the knives and the guns and the well, chains that's, that's and the, the colors and the patches? That's for us grown-ups. That was for us grown-ups. Right. So you can say all this and that about pantry uh, for tots for toys I'm or whatever. I'm just saying it's not all one extreme. Well, I'm just saying. It's not all one extreme. There's multiple extremes when it comes to bikers. Used to get pretty extreme. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I mean, I've uh, I've ridden from one end of this country to the other, and I've seen some pretty extreme things. So I've never been but. a biker week, but I have been to the NASCAR, like not the races. Oh yeah, but that's almost as crazy. I've I've been to the party. Yeah, out, like out in the parking lot. Basically, around the entire fucking track there's just like parties oh yeah it's one big huge party it's like there's a, a huge there's like a pretty decent size stage with music there's people just gaming drinking and doing whatever and i don't know it was a mad a madhouse yeah so uh back in the day of course now the speedway is uh corporate owned so you know so they're trying to tone it down a little bit up to oh yeah uh it's not what it used to be so back in the olden days <laughs> when I was very young, like I'm talking just into the double digits. Excuse me. I used to scam my twenties. I used to ex- no, that was like all 12, 13. Oh Jesus. I would scam myself a job up there selling programs so that I could get into the track for free. And if you were selling programs, you were unlimited to where you could go. So, just a couple of quick stories. 
All so, right. so back in those days, they had uh, different sections of this is the, in the 40s, everyone. Uh, this was uh, early 70s, early to mid 70s. This, this story. <laughs> and what they would do is, you know, all the people would just come up and they would camp there, you know, and I don't even think it cost them anything. They would literally haul cars in like junk cars just to light them on fire. <laughs> there was uh, always like massive like rider trucks full of fireworks. And that's back when fireworks were illegal in New Hampshire. That sounds fun. Oh, my God. It was amazing. My mother would freak out when she found out I went to the racetrack. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, you know, I always knew people even back then. So if I needed something, I could go you know, to a certain section and find somebody that could help me out or if I got into trouble or anything like that. But I'll never forget one time they call it the great, the great outhouse fire. And this is when they had all the outhouses were made out of wood back then. And, and, and and of course, like back then it wasn't a week long. It was only, it started like a Thursday and it ended by Sunday. Now it's like, they started coming in like at this time last week. So, so like last Wednesday, Thursday, they were starting to straggle in. This weekend was super busy. It was the first weekend of bike week. And then this week, okay, so now what you're going to see, you see the uh, traffic is really ramping up now. Oh, yeah. So what's going to happen is tomorrow is Thursday. And, uh, well, by the time you get this, it'll already be Thursday. The bike gangs are going to be out. They will, uh, they will really start coming in heavy duty. Yeah. Because Friday night is the primer night. Saturday night is the crazy night. Mm. And uh, I'm not going to confirm if I'm going to sneak away and try to go up there or not. I mean, I've got like several invitations to come and bring me hang out with some people. Pick if I me, do decide to do up. that. Yeah. Well, well, you can't get down in there with a car. Yeah. So get your little side uh, cart, strap it onto your motorcycle mm. and let's go. Or I can ride in the back. Okay. So fin- let me finish and the story. I'll, I'll cup you around the waist. So, so there was a section out behind the racetrack up on a hill. The hill is still there today. It's called something else. But back then, it was called Animal Hill. And okay. that's where all the hardcore people went. <laughs> to it, do what? Just fucking, just total debauchery. Like, major. Like, they would bring in all their own electricity. They'd bring in generators. They would, they would set up stages. They would have bands. And this had nothing to do with the racetrack, like, at all. They did this all on their own. They would have strip joints up there, like stripper poles and everything like that. And, uh, I mean, it was just, I mean, of course, I was into all that. So I'm sure you it were. It was awesome for me, even as a little kid. I'm sure there's a lot of fights up on Animal Hill. Okay, so up on Animal Hill, if there was a fight, the cops wouldn't go up there. Mm. They because, just be, the bike be, gangs because because for the first few years, uh, when it really started getting like out of hand up there, the police would try to go up in there. And of course, this is the gravel capital of New England here, so there's literally rocks. Like you have to look where there isn't a rock, not the other way around. So people would start hurling rocks at the police cruisers, and the cops just said, "Fuck this, we're out of here." Oh yeah. I'm so sure. so what they did was they took one of the old retired cruisers. And I shit you not, this thing looked like a Mad Max car. That's sick. They 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 welded <laughs> like expanded metal over all the glass, so they couldn't break the glass. Oh yeah, just brutal, brutal, brutal. I'm sure that 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 was one car. Probably didn't do much. That car would get pummeled. Oh, I'm sure. But at least they could get out there. Yeah, but what are they gonna do? 
Well, they would arrest people and or try to arrest them, but then people would run what? off into the woods with one fucking car. Yeah, there was. There's probably what? How many people can they fit in a cruise that cruiser? Well, they would have to call in like a van to come and get everybody, <laughs> or call in because uh, they try not to call in the state police because when the state police come in, well, that changes the tune. Yeah, maybe if they can get up there too. Well, they bring because back then only the state police had K nine units. Yeah, well, they also have fucking. State police has all the uh, joint manipulation technique training. Yeah. Which can be rough. I have some friends. Yeah, now. That have been arrested by state troopers and uh, that shit that they use. Well, maybe not back in the day when, in the 40s when Ron was in his prime, but uh, like recently to contemporary times, they use that joint manipulation shit. Pressure points. You know what happens, and this is what I've observed, like like the cops, they get mandatory duty, right? So it's all overtime, or what do they call uh, special duty? It's this, oh, special, it's called special events. Oh. So, so, so they're working the weirs, they're working the track, and, and, uh, and it's been warm this week. And uh, even though it's going to be cooled off, but I can remember some bike weeks, it'd be really like 90s, right? Super hot. <sighs> of course, all these state troopers are in full, full, you know, uniform and everything, and it's hot. You know, so, so so at the end of the week, like you start getting Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, these guys have had enough. Very short fuses. <laughs> <laughs> they got to so, change them out, though, or do they get the same people to work like the same shifts? I'm not quite sure how they used to do it, but like like they would have to do 12, 14 hour shifts. Like, hey, look, as whatever you want to say about police officers, I've had some shitty run ins with cops and had to deal with cops. But also... Because they do try to fuck people over. They will try to get people, whatever. But there are other cops that I don't believe do that. And, you know, it would probably be such a fucking difficult job, too. Do you know, imagine the assholes you have to deal with, like myself or Ron or people on the fucking Animal Hill at the NASCAR fucking party or on Bike Week. Like, just imagine that's your job, having to deal and manage and, and observe and be around those people, like... I mean, as much as cops get a bad rap and as much as they do sometimes try to fuck people over, they also have a fucking difficult job. And I don't know how many of you out there would want to actually do that. Right. You have to deal with drunk assholes fighting, fucking drunk assholes heckling you, people on drugs, people throwing rocks at you, fucking criminals, (laughs) breaking into shit, stealing shit, whatever. You know, Animal Hill went through a little bit of an evolution. So, so it went from Animal Hill to Petting Zoo when the Hill. first gentleman who everybody misses, Bob Bear, was the guy that bought that track from the Briar family. Used to be called Briar Motorsport. Now it's uh, then it was New Hampshire International Speedway, and that's when this gentleman, uh, God rest his soul, recently passed away. Ops, absolutely great dude to work for. Uh, Bob Bear, and he was from Maine, and when he took it over, he kind of wanted to clean it up a little bit, and then so what they did was they renamed Animal Hill to X-Lot. <laughs> so so X-Lot was the new name for that, uh, and it was X-Lot for a long time, like a long time, like 15 years it was X-Lot. Now it's something else. I don't even know what it's called now. Is it like Gen Z-Lot? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but you, see, you go there now. There's a bunch of fucking TikTokers making content around very, stripper poles and like cocaine. Very well, could be. <laughs> I do. I do know that it has 
toned down quite a bit in the last five or six years. Hey, when so. I went to the NASCAR shit, you know, I had heard all the stories. I, I even, uh, I know a guy who <laughs> did some crazy shit there. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, it was pretty tame. Just a lot of people partying and having a good time. Yeah, honestly. but there were certain sections. There was this one group of people that used to truck up hookers from Boston. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's and still they, hookers they, that they, go there. And they would be hanging out by the stores and stuff like that. There's probably still hookers. I'm pretty sure those girls we saw in the fucking beanie were probably mm. prostitutes. Prostitutes, I mean. Well, they certainly fit they the profile. dressed to the bill. Yeah. yeah. Nightwalkers. Yeah. For sure. Hey, whatever. But whatever, that's... That's what's going on in New Hampshire. How was your week? <laughs> My week's been pretty good. Getting caught up on a lot of stuff. Uh, weather's been good. Weather's been, uh, you know, pretty good. Yeah, it's been I'm nice and warm. It. Like, like right now, like we apologize ahead of time. It's it's warm up in the studio, so we opened up the window, and uh, you're gonna Sweating. hear you're gonna hear some bikes going by. Most likely, but that's okay. It adds to the ambiance. Yeah, it just gives you a little more like idea of the culture of New Hampshire. A bunch of bike gangs are riding up to Ware's Beach to fight people. But that's a way of life. Alcohol. That is an absolute way of life here. Yeah. Did you know that the state of New Hampshire, I want to say, is second in the country for the most motorcycle registrations per capita? Mm. And that's just people in New and and second in the country for the amount of Harley Davidsons. You know, I don't even actually have to know it's Bike Week to know it's Bike Week. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's just like all these bikes are like driving around. You see the big squads of bikers that are like 20 deep, 30 deep, whatever, yeah. strolling on the highway, yeah. going through. And I'm just like, oh, it's bike week. Yeah. I don't have to like, I don't have to, it's not on the calendar. It's not like on the news or I'm getting it. It's just like, oh, it's Well, bike you week. just always know that it's the week leading up to and it ends on Father's Day. I don't even know that. It's always been that. I've never even known that. So I just know it's bike week because... All the bikers come out. I'm All like, right. Yep. So when I was a kid growing up, it was always that was always the last week of school, which, in fact, this week is the last little G is graduating from fifth grade on Friday. And she's going to congratulations, be, little G. So she's going to be going to the big school. Well, the big middle school next year, which nice. is not in town, which means she won't have me accessible to her 24 seven like did, she does now. Does she get any scholarships? Uh, not required there, but she did finish uh, a student. So. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, no, she's a smart kid. Or maybe it's not good. Well, maybe she's indoctrinated. She's a smart, but she's also a smart ass. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, you know, what does she call you? She has your own, her own nick and, nickname. Oh, I think she calls me uh, Beckendorf. Beckendorf or Buckledorf. Or yeah, Buckledorf. Be- uh, maybe it's Beckendorf. Yeah. I don't know. I think she, she likes to read books, right? Oh, big time. Like in fan, I think fantasy books and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, Percy that's, Jackson. That's what it, it reminds me of some sort of like, uh, like fantasy name. Well, I think like that was a, a dwarf a, or elf or something. I think it was a play on Harry Potter. Although she hates Harry Potter. What? Why? Yeah. I don't know. I asked her that. I don't know. I just hate it. It's dumb. <laughs> but she'll read every that's Percy kind of Jackson funny. book. I mean, I like Harry Potter, but yeah, I think it's funny that she thinks it's dumb. Anyway, so so G, little G won't call Buckley Buckley. She calls him Beckendorf. Beckendorf. So Beckendorf. anybody out there listening, or Beckendorf the dork, or something like that. Anyone out there listening, feel free to call me or refer to me as Beckendorf. It's perfectly fine. I like it. So how your week was good? Anything come up? Uh, any craziness? Anything you need to know? No, just the typical freaking thing we've been dealing with now for months. And this week it reared its ugly head again. 
not a getting lot. the not getting the parts we need, and when parts coming, them being uh-huh. incorrect because of wrongly inventoried parts, and then having to wait an additional three days for the right part. Mm. Oh my god, I don't know where it's going to stop. That really screws it's up. Pro- not going to stop. Well, I mean, we've been working around it to keep our productivity back. I mean. I don't know if you saw that big off uh, that big mutter monster mutter four wheeler I was working on for yeah, the last yeah. few weeks. Yep, uh, the one the kid wrecked there. I finally got that done, and that left. Uh, we finished up a guy's Harley Davidson for him just in time for Bike Week. He came and got that yesterday, mm. and he was ecstatic. It looked good. It was uh, emerald green and black. Mm. Yeah, with baby blue and Very silver nice. pinstripe. Yeah, it looked real nice. Very, very nice. So we got rid of that, and for the rest of the week, I've got a Buell motorcycle I'm working on. I want to try to get that done tomorrow, and I have some welding to do the rest of the week. So it's going to be a busy week. I mean, it's Wednesday, and I'm fully booked the rest of this week, next week, I think in the week after. So That a boy. Yeah. Yeah, we're always booked out quite a ways now. You know what I did last weekend? I'm waiting. Come on. No, what what did you do? <laughs> I went to a driving range. Oh, you a, didn't tell me that. It's something I've never done before in my life. Uh, what, at Chuckster's? No, not Chuckster's. Well, I don't know if they have one there. It was in uh, Londonderry. Oh, okay, yep. No, I actually went with Nikki, the sex-crazed therapist. Oh, okay. That we know that came on the show, and she yeah. will be coming on in a future episode. We went to a driving range, which is something I've never done before, with all the golf clubs and shit. It was aight. I've never done that. So, so you know, it was fun. Okay, so the the haunted garage is right next door to a country club, mm-hmm. and when you drive up before you get to the big house driveway, yeah, you see that big field that's out there. That yeah. used to be a, a driving, driving range. range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was fun. Uh, it was hard. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't have the technique. I think I got like in the one fifty two hundred yard range, which is. It's not bad. It's not bad for never doing it in my life before. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm not a golfer, so I'm assuming that's quite a ways. We played mini golf after that. I got a hole in one because I fucking kicked her ass. Uh-uh. Actually, I only beat her by like three. And then you know what else I did is I fucking played. It was like golf shit. I was doing golf shit. I played disc golf up in uh, Canterbury. Oh, yeah. They have top of the hill yep. course up there. And uh, that's that's hard. That's a hard course. Dude, disc golf, is, I, I've played a couple times. I haven't played in a while, and it's just like. We we actually toyed with the idea of putting a course in here. I mean, it's fun as shit. I, yeah. I liked it a lot, but it's just like, oh, my God. You're you're hiking through the woods, fucking hucking discs. You're bushwhacking because you, you, like, huck this disc. It fucking hits a tree, and then goes ricocheting off into, like, the deep forest. And then you have to fucking like claw through trees and branches and fight off ticks and then throw it. It was rough. I was sweating. Yeah. That course is very, it's part wooded and part field. If I'm not mistaken, it's mostly wooded. There's like probably three that are in a field. And what's the typical par per hole? Mostly three, three par. Yeah. We actually tied 78, 78, which I have no idea is good or not, but, uh, it was fun. Um, and last thing, You'll enjoy it. Well, you actually won't enjoy this. Have you ever thrown your back out? Oh, my God, yes. So. Buckley, you got to remember, I'm in pain every day. <laughs> That's true. I'll be glad when that gets fixed. So I was weightlifting um, 
And I don't know if I threw it out or if it was a back spasm or I don't know what was going on. But I was on my fourth set of bench press, which was also my first exercise that day. I was benching 225. And um, I fucking just, my, my upper back muscle, like right behind your shoulder blade, you know what I'm talking about? It just fucking like convulsed. And, like, tightened up and started, like, spasming. Like cramping? Like, not... It's more like a spasm. Like, it was hard to breathe. Oh, wow. Like, every deep breath I took, it was, like, cutting off my breath. It was bad. Anyway. Yeah, you overdid it. Well... So essentially I had to cat like I had to modify that entire workout. Basically do like super low weight, high reps, but super low rate just for range of motion. And uh massage, 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 massage the the muscle like nonstop all day long until my skin was like literally like sore to the touch. Who massaged you? I did it myself. You massaged your back by yourself. Yes. So there's a couple ways you can do it. You can get, um, I like to use like, you know how if you do cable workout shit, there's like different grip uh, devices that you can clip into the cables. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So what I do is I'll take like a longer one that might have like a ball on the end and I'll like, I'll stand against a wall with it behind my back and I'll like rub it up and down my back and use the wall as like a, a, a pressure or pusher. Yeah. And that'll help. Um, like, awesome. like the bear scraping on the fence post. Exactly. That's what I do. I do that too. Sometimes I'll just stand up against a machine and, and like, I look like a bear and people stare at me. Um, so that was rough. I'm not going to lie. My back was out for that whole day. I took a muscle relaxer uh, and then cold water, hot water in the shower for like 30 minutes. By the next day, it was it was still sore, but I was actually able to like move again. But it fucked up my whole week for working out, sort of. Yeah, you know, sometimes I get really bad leg cramps, and I got a cramp one time. I swear, if it kept going, it was going to snap my leg. Ooh, I mean, it was. Do you bad. get those often? Uh, you know what's weird? Like I go through phases. You know what you gotta do when you get? A, is it like your hamstring? Well, sometimes it's... It's like the back of your leg. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's up up above my knee. My inner thigh will, will cramp up too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird. I get, like, I get, if I get laughing, I get cramps in my rib cage. Oh, yeah. Those are painful. Uh, I played guitar a little bit on Saturday night. And, you know, it's been a long time since I played. And I was starting to get cramps in my forearm and in my hands. Mm. Yeah, so... So, yeah, so I, and I know it's, you know, dehydration or whatever. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, eat a banana. Fuck it. I'd be part monkey if I, you know, (laughs) I I eat so many bananas. I'd swear, you know, if I ever got the monkey pox, I'd be fine. (laughs) I'm already vaccinated. Yeah. If you get a leg cramp in your hamstring, uh, what you should do is just, you should straighten your leg out as much as you can and try to point your toes like at your head. Yeah. And just keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that trick. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, That's because good. what that does, it stretches it out. But sometimes what I do, I just have to stand up. And I'll get a cramp so bad that my foot will go up only on its tippy toes. And then you have to force it down onto your heel. 
Ooh. And that hurts. And then I just try to walk it off, basically. Mm. And then, uh, but I mean, that time I got that cramp so bad, it had to pull a muscle because it was like, uh, it hurt for like over a week. Yeah. Yeah. So I understand what you're going through. It sucks. It was rough. I've also been leash training my dog. Oh, yeah. Little, oh. what's her name? Sadie? Lacey. Like, I can never get that right. Not just leash training. I've been doing off leash training and uh, I taught her how to do paw. Yeah, that's cool. Sit, stay. She stays pretty good. She follows off leash pretty good. Uh, and I just started working on rollover, which she's getting sort of. Yeah. But that was my week, basically. Yeah, it's just positive reinforcement. And obviously, I'm continuously celebrating Pride Month nonstop. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to do any of that this week. Yeah, well, I've just been, you know, you know going to all the gay clubs uh Hanging out with the gays, the lesbians. What did you call them last week? Your lesbonic friends? <laughs> my les my <laughs> lesbotic sisters and gay brethren. Yeah, well, whatever. And trans Ulvanian uh I don't know. I don't have anything good for hey, that. Hey, wouldn't that be a good title for like a uh a gay Batman? <laughs> Not Batman, gay vampire. Transl Translovania. Translovania. Anyway, so so you had a not a so great weekend. I had an okay weekend. The weekend was fine. Yeah, so having a decent week at the shop, it's costing me a ton of money this week. I'd be glad when it comes in. Right now, I'm going through the waiting for insurance companies to pay me trick. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, they used to pay you right off. Now it's seven to ten days if you're lucky. Would they have to like approve it? Well, no, sure. this is no, this is after the job is all done. Yeah, but they still probably have to approve approve the claim, right? No, we don't start it unless the claim is approved. Pre-approved. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah gotcha. claim has to be approved before we'll work on it. But anyways, yeah, so that's nothing new. It's just taking longer to get paid nowadays, you know, and it's no different than anything else except for, you know, as we all know, the price of everything has gone through the roof. Uh, shop materials, paint, like big time. And there's motorcycles driving by every second. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> You still, get, it you just reminds backs. I was gonna say it's it like just a nom. gives me PTSD. It's like you hear a motorcycle go by, and then it's just like some strippers' tits in your face. You're like, oh, I, rem- I remember fond memories. <laughs> any uh, any current event shit or anything like that? I I looked into some stuff. Did you hear about that lambda thing? Uh, I did. It's like the I don't know how recent. Well, wasn't this was. that a strain of COVID? No, 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 no. This is like the AI, the Google AI that became sentient. Oh, that was called Lambda. Yeah, something like that. Because there was a COVID. Uh, that was called Lambda? A variant, yeah. Well, I don't know. I think this was recent because it just started showing up everywhere. And isn't this the one that Google, when this guy said that, Google fired him? Suspended him. But All right, I, so tell me the story. Yeah, I love this Well, show. so basically, like... Obviously, AI has been in the works for a while, and it's been progressing. You have that chick robot. I forget the her fucking name. The famous chick robot, IA. Alexa? No, not Alexa. Siri? Uh, not Siri. She's like, they literally put her face on a robot, and she, like, talks to you and shit. Oh, I don't know that one. Sophie, maybe? Could be. I'll, oh, AI robot chicks, whatever. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> 
So Google had this AI uh, that basically became sentient and through a chat, basically. And it was a big thing. I was talking about like uh, its emotions and feelings and not, uh, you know, not becoming aware of certain things and what it would do if it were able to become sort of this body or person to the point in which it was shut down. Uh, and the guy who reported it about it, talked about it, uh, wasn't fired from what I saw, but was suspended, which basically probably means you're fired. I mean, a, a big company like that could suspend someone indefinitely and still pay them, but not have them work. And or like a type of gag order, maybe or something, right? And also could probably legally hold bind them with a non disclosure if they signed one. Uh, so there's that, but also they said they pulled the plug on it, which you know, come on, you really think that? So you really think a big so company this like AI, Google, this AI robot, was it a robot or just an AI? It was like pro- a chat that like, became sentient. Okay, like an AI program. It was like an AI program that became sentient through a chat and was like, it was acting too human and saying some very, uh, I guess, stuff that wasn't humany things. It, it was stuff that wasn't liked by. People that were reading the conversation because the the guy who I believe the guy who was interacting with it and who reported about it posted the conversation online because it was like a thread, like a chat, basically. And they didn't like it. Maybe it was too real. Maybe it was too, uh, you know, was too objective or subjective about reasoning and making up its own opinions and minds and having the right questions. But they said they pulled the plug. Which I don't believe. Yeah, probably not. Like what? What the fuck? They're probably. It's like it's like MK Ultra pulled the plug on that shit. They say that to the public, but it's probably still going on. Come on. Yeah, well, that's interesting, isn't that? What everybody said the problem with AI was going to be is when it when it starts becoming self aware. It was definitely self aware. Isn't that what the Terminator robots did? <laughs> they became self aware. Well, if there's even any any legitimacy to the story. Who knows nowadays? I did see that. Who the fuck knows? I saw it out there, but I didn't ring a bell when you said Lambda. It was like Lambda or Lambda or something like that. But I mean, like, it could be all made up. We don't know. It's also just kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's interesting. You know, AI could be a good thing. We know AI, well, could be a good thing. We know that AI has taken over a lot of... Uh, I think AI was one of the reasons why Musk put a squash to those uh, Twitter deal. Because of all the AR bots and spam and all that stuff and the fake accounts. the Like the dead internet theory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Wait, yeah. so he didn't actually buy Twitter. Not yet. No, and that's everything. Everybody was under the mm. assumption that he already just bought it. Yeah. Like, hey, oh, like, like I'm buying a car, right? Oh, yeah, here you go. Sign on the dotted line insurance. No, he never did that. So it has to go through this whole process, right? And during this process, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of bean counters in there. And they're saying. <laughs> racist. No, bean counters, accountants. Sounds racist to me. It's not racist. And what they would do is they're like, yeah, this don't add up. This don't add up. Just like uh, the autistic uh, Ben Affleck character in the movie, The Accountant, 
where he was uh, an accountant, but he was also a hitman. Yeah, yeah. And how he would go in and decipher and find out where all the money was getting stolen. That's what these guys were doing. And they're like, okay, this none of this adds up. So that yeah. was a huge red flag. So that was put on hold. So consequently, I am still permanently banned from Twitter. Well, I think, I think it goes to the... I mean, that just makes me even feel more like the whole Elon Musk buying Twitter thing was a bunch of horse shit. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like... I don't think it was. Uh, I don't know, because it's like you, you see him advocating for free speech and Americans and blah, 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 and how, oh, we're going to change and it's going to be better if Elon Musk owns Twitter, free speech, blah, 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 blah. Well, that was the, that was the given narrative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then like... Now it's like, well, he still hasn't bought it, and now here's this whole story that, oh, well, the bean counters, as Ron likes to say, are red flagging all the money and where the money's going and the bot accounts and all this stuff. So it's like, oh, okay, get people riled up. I, I feel like it's another paradigm shift thing. Maybe I'm wrong, and I could be wrong, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit it if the time comes, and I am, but I think that's what it is. Well, because they've been able to assign a monetary value to every account. What's the value? Uh, I'm not sure, but those numbers are out there. I How did many look at them. Of blood. It's it's uh, the, you know whatever this account's worth. You know, so many dollars a day or so many cents a day or whatever. Oh, like popular people and shit. Yeah, yeah. Or, or not like or, you. Or when they collect. Well, no, no, everybody. Oh, everyone. So, so when they collect your data and what they could do with that data, or if they can get you to click on something else, another product, an ad, or whatever. There's actual and, and Twitter's actually low compared to. Say Facebook or Instagram for or data mining, Snapchat. No, the dollar value per user. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, I don't think Twitter has as many users as Facebook. But anyways, everybody has a dollar value, and this, of course, is where the accountants come in and say, "Well, you know, we got this, and we got you know all these, you know, however many millions of accounts that have no value, right? So what are they?" Dust so, in the wind, baby. Yeah, so I just so I just put a kibosh to the deal for now. Uh, I kind of hope he still buys it. I mean, he had to go out and secure funding on that. I mean, what was that, $44 billion or something like the that? The guy's worth like $200 billion. doesn't matter. You know he's not going to use his own money. <laughs> they never do. And it's not like Elon Musk has that much money, like just go to the ATM. Well, he's got to use and, some and, kind of it, money. Well, I mean, he does, but I'm saying this is all based on value of all his earnings and products and potential down the road what his stock is worth yeah but if he That's doesn't if he doesn't it. invest any money into it then he doesn't own any part of it well well he would be hired on as like a, a ceo or whatever but if he doesn't invest his own money into it then he's not probably not going to own shares of it do you know what i mean oh no he has to own shares of it yeah he has to own shares i guess he could be given shares Hey, I don't know how that mumbo jumbo works. Well, I think like if you're, if you, like if there's a bunch of uh, investors in a company, say there's like, if there's two, right? Usually you see that like 49, 51 split or whatever. Right, so the 51 is the majority owner. Right. And they're usually like the, the more of like the owner of the company or the big decision maker possibly. Um, so, I mean, if he were to, own Twitter, he would have to put in a probably a majority share um, because otherwise he would probably most likely, you know, he would find investors, they would invest, they would own shares, they could hire him on as like the CEO or uh, 
And then he could be ousted, like they ousted uh, Dorsey. Yeah, they could yeah. just give, get the fuck rid of him. But. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's kind of like a simple concept, but then again, it's not. Right. But but anyway, so and the, I could just I don't know everything I'm saying either. That shit gets weird. But publicly owned companies or whatever. But one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was, uh, and it's something that should be a lot of listeners should be like familiar with this story. But I kind of want to get into like, like sometimes on my downtime, of course, you know, when you have it. Yeah. But I mean, like I usually like an hour at night or, you know, if I get up early in the morning, I like to get up early and have like an hour to myself in the morning. Uh, I don't get little G out of bed until seven. I usually get up around six or quarter past. And uh, so, so I do uh, like the scrolling, right? I'll scroll through Facebook I'm not very active on Facebook. I was nothing about the Wicked Planet on Facebook, like at all. And uh, you know, it's just in, stay that way. In, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Instagram, of course. Uh, I can still scroll Twitter, even though I'm banned. Uh, <laughs> and uh, sometimes I'll look at Reddit because a lot of interesting stuff on Reddit. Naked chicks. And then I end up on the TikTok. And all I've been seeing on TikTok is doom and gloom. So, so that was kind of one of the things uh, that I kind of wanted to touch on tonight a little bit, because this is a this is something like like if you enlist into the theory of the pending food Armageddon, right? A lot of these stories all kind of fit that narrative. Mm-hmm. But, but then you see some other like kind of debunking stories where they explain what's going to happen. And yeah, it could get sketchy for a couple of months, but it should work itself out. But what I'm trying to figure out is, okay, which one is it? Which one's real too, you know? Yeah. Which, which one is what's real? real? Yeah. Like, uh, like the first thing I want to get on, uh, is, and everybody's heard of these, uh, and the list is up to like just under a hundred Food processing plants. It's 95, right? Uh, well, this says 97, but that's probably going to change. This story's a oh. few days old. Okay. But but it says here, below is a list of America's 97 plants that have been destroyed, damaged, or impacted, accidental fires, disease, or general causes <laughs> that have taken these food processing plants offline. Accidental fires. Accidental fires. Uh, several were run into by airplanes. <laughs> this is a little sketchy. Like nine eleven. Yeah. So building seven. So then you start the Pentagon. Thinking, and this is all going back to like well over a year ago this started. This started like the first one they got listed was January eleventh, twenty twenty one. All right. Which which is, you know, it is what it is. But what's coming to light now is is why I have so many questions is because, you know, even back then, like we didn't have a fuel problem. We didn't have expensive gas or diesel. We didn't have, you know, excessive pricing at the stores. We didn't have any of that. Of course, you know, I think the pricing problem at the stores is all based on the diesel fuel, the price of fuel, because the price of fuel dictates what it's going to cost to get to the store, right? Dictates everything. Yeah, yeah dictates everything. So, but anyway, so, so I started thinking, okay, first, let me look into these plants that have gone that have been damaged or taken offline, mm. right? And this is another example of what I said, we need to go back to local economies. Even if it's just for, 
you know, three or four years until the shit sorts itself out. I mean, we already know we're stuck with Biden for what? A couple more years or until he drops dead. Or until he's put into a home. Well, there's that. The Alzheimer's. Okay, so we have here uh, fire destroys 75,000 square foot processing plant in Fayetteville. Uh, It doesn't say Fayetteville with, but I believe that's one of the Carolinas. Uh, Fire ignited inside the Smithfield Foods pork processing plant in Monmouth, Illinois. Which another interesting thing I heard about Smithfield, Smithfield, uh, which Smithfield's the big pork producers, like the biggest in the in the country, incidentally owned majority owned by some Chinese conglomerate. <laughs> which brings me to the question: Why why are we even letting any foreign entity, be it a private investor, private equity firm, corporation, whatever you want to call it, you don't like Chinese food. Love Chinese food. There you go. But what I'm saying is, why are we allowing them to buy something that's part of our national security? Food supply is a national security issue, in my opinion. I mean, it's more than that. But Smithfield Foods shut down one of their biggest plants in California because they said it was not cost effective to run it between all the regulations, the taxes, and high electricity costs in California, they're going to shut this plant down and they're going to try to relocate a lot of the workers. Well, think about also too, how many dictators, when they want to take control over some over an area, shut off food? Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Starve people. That's like probably one of the main driving factors to taking over an area if you're a dictator. Like, yeah, I know you think it's guns and uh, illegal uh, enforcement with troops and shit like that, which it could be, and it, it is. But also, like, if you really want to f- detriment a society and, and take them over and really gain control of them, cut off their food supply. Starve them, and guess what? Bring them right in the line. Then start giving some little rations of food. Hey, here's a cup of flour. Oh, here's a couple cups of flour. Oh, here's some of that Sally Struthers welfare paste. Here's a ha- yeah. Here's a half. Here's the Bill Gates fake meat paste. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie the the uh, oh god Snowpiercer? Yes. Well, the, a while ago. Yeah. That's like whatever. That that's. It, it's like they're feeding them bug paste, bottom of the barrel, and they ration it out at a certain time. Like, and then all the elites are at the front of the train, the poor are at the back of the train. Kind of like that. You want to take over a society? Fuck with their food supply. Cut their food supply off. Then they're starving. Then they're desperate. Then you deal out food. Then you get them to do what you want. But then again, it depends on what the numbers are. That's true. Because if there's 100 starving people and there's only five of you, five elites, I'd say you might be in trouble. You also might be in trouble if a lot of people know how to farm. Okay, so this is why they don't want people to farm, and this is why they right. don't want people to have local economies. Right. And this is why they don't want people to fucking sell raw milk unless you have a permit. Right. Or sell eggs on the side of the road. Which I think New Hampshire now, it's you can they sell. Just, they just changed that. You can sell raw milk now. Yeah, they just changed that in New Hampshire. You can go to a farm directly and buy raw milk now. Which was the norm when I was a kid. We used to go up to the local farm, the dairy, uh, every week. Raw milk is the best. Yeah. 
Like when I was younger, I, I knew these nudists who lived in a hexagonal shaped house, but they always had goats, raw goat's milk because they owned goats and it was so fucking good. Was it really? It was, I don't it was think wicked I, good. I've never had it. I drank it every time I was there because the, they always offer it to me and it was wicked good. Was it ice cold? I don't remember. I was young. Milk has to be really cold. But when you but went to the, when I used to go to the farm every Tuesday and get, I don't know, six or eight jugs of, uh, which were like half gallons in glass containers of raw milk. And then of so course, good. of course, the cream used to rise to the top. And I remember uh, the guy's mom and, and, and actually one of the sons still runs that farm to this day, although he doesn't have any dairy there. But I can go there to get eggs and he boards people's horses and stuff like that. It was also the place where you could get your little piglets in the spring mm. to raise uh, off his dad. But anyways, but I remember his mom used to make the homemade butter right in the little L off the house in the mm-hmm. barn. She had a butter churn there and she would make it. She had these really cool molds and you could buy your butter from her. So that was really cool. Uh, state of New Hampshire, you know, is starting to be, I mean, it's crooked. It's sketchy here, just like everywhere else. But New Hampshire is cool in a lot of ways, although the cost of living here is very expensive. But it's things like uh, we have constitutional carry, no seatbelts, no helmets. So you don't have to have car insurance either. You don't have to have car insurance, which I don't 100% agree with. But uh, but live it is what it die, is. Live baby. It's always been that way. Live free or die. And uh, now they did just announced, what was it, like last week? It was pretty recent Why? that you could buy the raw milk. Yeah, it was a little bit ago, yeah. I think. Not last week, I think. It- uh, maybe the week before. Yeah, but it was pretty recent. It was recent. But anyways, on this list, now I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I can put a link to the list uh, in the show notes. But I mean, just a couple examples. Uh, three alarm fire at a Kellogg plant in Memphis. Uh, Fuck Kellogg's. Fire at Tyson River Valley Ingredients Plant. Fuck Tyson. Uh, fire at Patak Meat Production Company. Don't know him. Uh, fire at JBS Beef Plant. So these are all like fires. All like fires, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, these fires put them out of commission. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it put them out of commission is just temporarily if they're back online or whatever. But, to, but like I always say, there's no coincidences, right? Right. Well, the thing that this really makes me think of right now is obviously Biden talks about how there's going to be food shortage, for shortages. And comes out and says that. And he says that uh, at a, a podium speech or addressed to the nation or whatever. And then you see all this uh, fires and uh, destruction and... Uh, disruption. Going, disruption. And then so... Obviously, if you're following the narrative, you think that's going to go to food shortages, which there has been some food shortages in the grocery stores at like uh, restaurants around town that I've I've heard of. Um, But also like this stuff could also just be. I'm wondering if more of this stuff could be happen all the time and that we just don't know about it and we just don't know about it and now it's being publicized more and put out into the mainstream narrative more or well to get people to become fearful or as a conspiracy narrative or as a conspiracy narrative. yeah to feed into the conspiracy we right? don't know yeah. but so because i mean it would be interesting to compare like this list right that you have of the just under 100 food process processing plants are having these issues Compare this to previous 
annual incident reports on a national level and right. see like where it falls also to see if um you know all these things that are going on are shutting down the pro- food processing food processing plants permanently or for long term Right. You remember during COVID when you when you were able to go out finally and you had to wear a mask while you were standing up, but as soon as you sat down at the table, the COVID didn't wasn't able to get you? Yes. What was the one thing that you noticed that all these restaurants went to what they call a limited menu? Yeah. Because there were certain things that they didn't want to cook, right? Right. But uh, But yeah, no, that's interesting, Buckley. That's a very good idea to say, okay, take this list, compare it to a typical national average. Yeah, annually. It's, it's, and, and, see, and see where it kind of... Annually over like the past, I don't know, five years, or 10, ten years, years. Or 10 years, yeah. Decade. But what's interesting here is it's all fires. Fires, fires, fires. Now, right. now there's a lot of it, of course, you know, uh, something I'm really surprised they don't push for fear porn on the news is the avian flu that's going around. Ooh. So that's Sexy. attacking birds, right? So on this list... Fuck there, birds, they're all fake. There is... Oh, birds, <laughs> birds aren't real. They're all fucking fake. They're all drones. But but on this list, there is a ton of places uh, that was raising any type of poultry that the poultry had to be, you know, euthanized, destroyed because of the avian flu thing, right? Mm. Now, uh, you got just, you know, one example is a place over five and a half million chickens. Another one, uh, you know, 150,000, 315,000, 120,000, over half a million. You know, uh, and it's not just chickens, right? It's chickens, it's turkeys. I want to say somewhere where there was some ducks that had to be destroyed. And, uh, you know, any type of poultry, any type of animal that would be susceptible to avian flu. I mean, all ducks should be destroyed, in my opinion. Well, what about the Peking duck? In general. What about the Peking duck? The what? What about Daffy Duck? Fuck Daffy Duck. He's probably a pedophile. Or a racist. Did Daffy Duck ever wear blackface? Daffy Duck was black. <gasps> so he was an oppressed duck. Yeah, Daffy Duck was black. Why Donald it- Duck was white. Ooh. Donald Duck was Disney. Wait, what? Was Daffy the chick? No. Fuck. Daffy Duck was part of Looney Tunes, which was part of Warner Brothers. Well, they're all racist. Looney Tunes, Merry Melodies, all that. All those ducks are racist, and they're pedophiles, and they should be destroyed. So I don't really have a problem with the ducks. The chickens and the turkeys, though, they should. that's a problem for me. Okay, so what is interesting, though, is if you go on the TikTok and you start watching all these doom and gloom, uh, you know, three-minute videos, and it's funny, they all start out the same. Hey, TikTok. I don't usually get on talk about stuff like this. But I woke up today. But I woke up today and something dawned on me in my sleep. And I just had to talk about it. Is anybody not talking about all these food plants that is being destroyed? I'm telling you, people, there's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. I went down to the Flying J and I couldn't get no diesel fuel for my rig. I'm not going to be able to get any jumbo-sized mayonnaise so I went, from I the went Sam's somewhere Club. S- I went, I went to the truck stop, and, uh, and I got a little delayed from the lot lizard that was helping me check my oil. And, uh, and then when I got out of there, I went and I had a little some beans in, uh, in the restaurant, and they didn't have any bacon. There's going to be a shortage of jumbo hot dogs this week. What are we going to fucking do? But I, I went BBQ this weekend. But I went in there, and, uh, and I wanted to get my truck service, and they said, listen, we ain't got no oil. I said, you don't have no oil? We have no oil. 
<laughs> we can't change. We have no rotella. We got none of this. We ain't got the additives. We got no DEF, no DEF fluid. What the fuck am I going to do? I can't deliver nothing food to your place. I got this stuff. I live in my truck and I can make no monies. And it cost me three times what it make like like two weeks ago. Now to get price gas so high, lot lizards charges are going up. Where the fuck are the jumbo hot dogs? Now the lot lizards they have, they have five o'clock shadows. Gotta get my Kool Aid. <laughs> five o'clock shadows on lot lizards is a rough life. All I can say is, what these, are you trying to say? These videos are out there literally everywhere. And yeah. I told Buckley, I'm like, you know what? I would like to kind of try to debunk some of that. You know, because sometimes, I mean, obviously, you know, we're conspiracy theorists or labeled as that. You know, I don't always consider myself that, but I kind of am. And I'm like, I just like to talk about shit. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so we got all these different stories running around and they all fit in the doom and gloom narrative. You know, how about some fucking happy news? No, you're not going to see that. But you're not going to see that. So I started looking into it. Now, now we did see the video from the CEO of Flying J and Pilot, which is the uh, owns all the big truck stops. We might have touched on this on last week. No, I don't think we did. It was saying that, uh, and I forget if it was Union Carbide or Union, I don't know. The price of lot lizards has gone up, people. Was ordering, was telling them that they could only get 50% of whatever they ordered. So they're kind of rationing these places. Now, a lot of these TikTok videos, they come out and they're going to a Flying J or a pilot. So I get that. So uh, the one thing is, so so if you believe the narrative that all these uh, food processing plants that have been destroyed are part of the, yes, thank you, uh, part of the agenda to starve us out, and you believe that, and then you believe the we can't get diesel fuel, and now diesel fuel is uh, five or six bucks a gallon. And so, obviously, when these guys are saying it's costing them three times, three times a week to do business, well, I guess that makes sense, right? But do you really think we're going to have like a long-term food shortage, or are we just going to have a couple of months where it's a little sketchy? Because this is what I'm seeing, and and I and I hope, and I hope we don't see any of it. We should open these together. Oh shit! Sorry. Stand by, folks. It's warm up here, so the Sam Adams is going down good tonight. Sweating. So, yeah, you think if this is going to be short-term, long-term is what you were saying. What do you think? Okay, well, let me give you, let me give you something that I came across uh, on one of the financial shows. Of course, we all know the S&P, the stock market, crypto, everything's taking a crap. Everyone's 401k is taking a crap. I mean, you know, but we've been here before. Mm. We've been here before, and we've come out of it. So, you know... Everybody right now, oh, it's the end of the world. Jesus save us. It's going to be the end. It's been the end of the world for the last two fucking years. Yeah, well, no, for ever since I was a little kid, the end was near. Well, you know, through history, if you go, even just go on Wikipedia and you look at all of the end of the world dates throughout time, it's like one every, like, I don't know, 100 years or less than 100 years. It's always the Antichrist is coming. End of the world. Never happens. Yeah. The Antichrist is coming. Never fucking happens. Some priest declares 100 years later, the, the Antichrist. End of the world. Nothing fucking happens. Right. But when you put two and two together and you get five, which is the new math. So you, so you start looking at all these things. And I mean, 
on the on the outside, it's kind of like, well, I mean, I guess logically it would make sense if all these plants are going offline. Now this now this list tells you plants that have gotten damaged. It doesn't say that they're offline, so let's not say that. It doesn't say they're offline. It doesn't say they were totally destroyed. And it doesn't say that they're not repaired and back up and running. Right. Like a fire. Did they just have like some fire and it's been reported? Right. Do you know what I mean? Well, right. What was the extent of the fire? And I mean, you know, a freezer, like compressor in a freezer room can catch on fire. Yeah. Your fucking pan can catch on fire. If there's too much grease. Your grill can catch on fire. If there's too much grease. My grill caught on fire the other day. It could be like, well, Ron's grill caught on fire, but none of the food was ruined. Or it could be like, well, Ron's grill caught on fire, and then it, it spread. And to I got to go on Alex Jones and get his uh, 72 things of chicken alfredo. And it, the fire, the grease fire from his grill spread to his house, and everybody died, and the whole woods around him burned down, and the whole town that he lives in is destroyed and will never be rebuilt again. Right. Like, what are we talking about? Right. So, so they're talking about uh, all this in that how in the in the short term we're not going to see any shortages. Okay, this is so. This is what the one report that I watched. Okay, so so this all makes sense, and let me try to get it right for you. Okay, do it. Now they're predicting skyrocketing beef prices. Not right now, although they are up, and. So, so what they're saying is because of the lack of fertilizer, the lack of the plants that they're going to grow wheat, hay, which is, which is going to feed the cattle in the winter, because now cattle can be out grazing, right? It could be out eating grass or whatever, right? So, so this is why they predict that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen down the road, but what they're saying now is because the cost of raising each beef critter, now say, you know, you could be a local farm that only has 50 head or 100 head or whatever. It still is costing more money to feed these, these critters. So what's happening is they're not raising these critters to full term or what they call fat cattle. And, and what they're doing is they're just, they're offloading. They say, okay, well, I have 100 head. I can afford to feed 40. So let's sell 60 at market for basically what we can get, right? Basically, like in the auto industry, we call it bailing. We'll just bail on it and call it. And, uh, and, so, and so then these cows go off to a feedlot where they try to get them into fat cattle, right? So now they're saying there's actually an oversupply of beef. But you're not going to see that reflected in the price because even though there's an oversupply of beef, it's still going to cost more to process that beef, put that beef on a truck, and bring that truck to market. And as I said before, they always say, never let a crisis go to waste. Right. Even if somebody bought this cattle, like say 100 head or 100,000 head or who knows, at X amount of dollars, you don't think they're going to take advantage of that and mark that price up so they can make the optimum amount of money on this deal? So that's why I'm saying a lot of this cost stuff that we're seeing out there, yes, a lot of it is probably based on the diesel fuel situation. But how much of it is based on price gouging and greed? 
And how much of it also might not be based on any of this stuff. It's all just propaganda to feed the minds of people that to basically give them a reason. Do you know what I mean? Well, you wonder as to why they are raising prices for everything. Well, you wonder, you wonder because you know, like cattle and even pigs, uh, I'm sure everybody's heard of the term pork belly, right? So, so all these are like, like beef, like beef futures, uh, hog futures, pork belly futures, all this other stuff is, is based on, well, you know, if we can pump this price up, it's going to be good for the shareholders. Yeah, I mean they right. could they could literally just be like, "Well, we want to raise the price of everything to siphon money out of Americans or anyone else around the world." And so we're just essentially going to because we own all of the media, basically, uh we have a stronghold on the media, we can essentially pump out any narrative we want through so many different facets and None of it actually has to be true because we know the media lies all the fucking time. And, but we can put it out there and it'll circle around and then people will think that this is going in on and, and in reality, they're just jacking up the price and well, they have the resources and the people and the mediums to pump out the content to get you to believe that that's actually going on. Right. Exactly. So, so that's what I'm saying. Is it just more price manipulation just like price manipulation in the oil market. Look, at there's no shortage of oil. The earth produces oil. And some people think oil regenerates. That's what I'm just saying. Oh. The earth produces oil. Yeah. Like right. over and over and over again. <laughs> I right? think Anonymous Sean, he... Yeah, it's it, called the... Is it the parabolic oil theory? Well, I think he believes that the oil is kind of like an organism that essentially just... It's not actually fossil fuels. It's an organism that kind of just reproduces over, over the, always. It, it just generates. Well, the term fossil fuels is something that the Rockefellers came up with something at Standard Oil. Right. And they based it off of like dinosaurs, dead plants. Well, it was to give people, it, to give uh, it uh, the sound that it was a finite supply. When yeah. in fact, it's, it's infinite. So, so, but okay. So look at this other thing, right? Now there's people out there that are, uh, I was reading an article where this guy, a uh, young guy, his family owns, I don't know, 100 oil rigs. You know, like the, probably like the Derricks that you see in the old movies that looks like the, the big chicken head going up and down, pumping out the oil. And he said they're only at 50% capacity right now mm. because nobody wants to buy their oil. Right. So why don't you want to buy the oil? If there's a shortage, why don't you want to buy their oil? There's too much. See, I'm saying all this shit is made up. Yeah, all this shit is made up, and and I don't know where it's going to stop. You know, and it's almost like, and I had this theory before, and I'm going to give it to you again. Lay it on me. I really feel, and I've said this country needs this as well. I've said that, but the more I think about it, because I don't mind, I don't mind going back and saying I think maybe that I was wrong a little bit. But I, but I think, I think the powers that be, the they, the they, and the them's want us to be divided they want us to be fighting over these issues this is why they brought out the roe versus wade thing this is why they brought out the blm thing this is why they brought out the anti-foot thing covid white versus black cops killing black dudes even though more black dudes are killed by black dudes than gay oppression than anything oppression of oppression of gays and lesbians Blacks. the l the lbgt the trans that i get them all community right 
And I have no problem with those people. Like I said, just don't teach it to my kid. But what I'm saying is they want all of this division. And this division started back in Obama days, right? And then, and then of course, what division what came through? Black fucking Panthers and Rodney King. Yeah, that even goes back further than that, right? So, so yeah, Black Panthers, that's Vietnam War. So, I mean, and that was during Lyndon Johnson, who was another Democrat who was a sketchy bastard. So, so it, who, who had Kennedy clipped? Okay, that was a coup d'etat is what that was, as the Normans would say. So I think they want us fighting in the streets. I think they want a civil war. I think they want some form of revolution because all they got to have is this one little thing. Look at this January 6th bullshit. This yeah, January 6th, oh, oh God, this, armed, this armed insurrection. Okay, you haven't, Congress shit. you haven't seen an armed insurrection. Yeah. They did not walk into the Capitol building guns blazing. Okay, so so that narrative is horseshit. Yeah. Everybody knows it's horseshit. Even the left knows that it's horseshit. But they have to keep pushing that lie to get their narrative. Just it, like Goebbels said, the more, the, all, more, the more you tell a lie, the easier it becomes truth. It's always fucking something, and that's the thing. It's constant dilemma Isn't after it? dilemma, crisis after crisis it's after crisis. Always fucking something, no matter what. Every week, every year, it's always something. Are, are people tired yet? Probably. Don't you think that's Do what we're going know, through? Though, hey, everybody I talk to, man, I'm tired. Me included. Do they know though? Do they like? Are they seeing that? Is it clicking? I know I like to put out the paradigm shift, and we always talk about the whole. It's always something new. I I, I believe in the current thing. That whole meme. Yeah. Like, like, are people tired yet? Are they catching on yet? Are, do, do you think it's suspicious or throw up a red flag when it's something new all the fucking time? Sometimes day to day, sometimes week to week, definitely month to month. But like, what's the latest thing right now? Yeah. Oh, God. School shootings. Oh, school. Yeah. Yeah. School, school shootings. shootings. Take away your guns. Now there's a theory that there's no birth certificates for these kids that were killed at uh, Uvalde. Right. But Which I, again, I, another fucking conspiracy theory. Like, I'm not saying you the thing anyway. I just saw the headline. I didn't even bother to read it because I'm so sick of that. Right. But what I was trying but, to, I was trying to get at was that like, like are people catching on? Mm-hmm. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Maybe people are, are continuously buying everything that's being pumped out. But also, and I think I've, I've we've talked about this before. Like how much of this really is to just like kind of soul suck. Yep. You suck your energy, your distraction, and your time. Make like, you depressed so that you buy more pharmaceuticals. Make you fucking depressed so you want to like invest energy in Ukraine, invest energy in COVID, invest energy in trans problems, invest energy in uh, BLM, BLM, BLM shit and black oppression. Uh, instead of investing uh, yourself in your community, uh, internally on your own, on, on your own self, self care, uh, self care on your family, on your friends, on your, on your job or whatever it may be. How much of this is just put out there to soul suck? And, you know, versus it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of energy to be upset about something and be angry about something, especially to be angry about something that like really doesn't relate to your own life. Maybe it does. But I mean, if you I feel like if you were to fuck off the news for like a week and didn't pay attention to it and didn't and didn't get invested in these things, 
you would see a change in your mood, your mental health, uh, and your life. Like this stuff is, is sucking your soul is what I really wanted to, to kind of say. Yeah. It just wants, it's, it's like, they want you to be down. They want you to be depressed and it's exhausting. And this is why everybody's tired. Right. And I, and, and I think that's exactly what it is. All we see is doom and gloom. You scroll TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, doesn't matter, Twitter. It's all doom and gloom. That shit has a negative impact impact on your psyche. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and because, you know, we do what we do as our little side hustle, we have our show here. So we, we scroll through here and we look for interesting stories or interesting new theories or whatever. It's interesting. But when I find myself, like, scrolling out of 100 different posts, maybe three are interesting. Um, the other 97 are, oh, my God, the end is near. Hey, TikTok, I don't usually do these videos. Hey, you know, I thought of something this morning. Hi, y'all. I was doing something. I took little Jimmy to school today, and I was talking to one of the moms, and she told me blah, 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 fucking who cares. And I have a fucking problem with that because the vaccine mandates and fucking Bible. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I... I and that Karen, she told me to put my mask on, and I told her, you don't put your mask on. I'm putting my mask on. You go fuck yourself with your mask. Right. This, it's like, oh, my God. This is something interesting that I heard, and I forget where I heard it. It could have been on a sh- one of the shows that I've been going on recently, other podcasts. could have been on another podcast. It could have been reading or watching a video or whatever. I do not remember where I heard this, so I can't get credit. Can't give credit to whom or where I heard it, but I can say that I thought it was interesting. And it kind of, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't fucking remember it because I don't fucking remember anything. But it was like, even to resist evil and focus on evil, you're still giving evil power, which is interesting. And in return, what you should be doing is essentially not even focusing on it, not even giving a fuck about it. Because even if you're resisting it, you're still giving your time and your focus and your energy on it, and therefore it is taking something from you. Yes, yeah, taking energy away from you. Even if you don't realize it, it's taking energy away from you. But your question before, I wonder how many people are waking up to this. I feel as though probably another 20% of people since the beginning of COVID who, finally, who totally bought into that narrative, which in the very beginning, I was hook, line, sink on myself. I admit it. The COVID shit? Yeah, but it's just I like. I never was. Well, no, no. In the beginning, before it even hit United States. Never was. When I was in Aruba. I'm like, okay, this ought to be interesting. But anyways, I think since then to now, I think this uh, maybe 20% of the population have said, you know something, I kind of was paying attention to all this. I was reading, watching Fauci and the president and fucking this, that, and the other thing. And now I'm seeing this come out. And this is why the censorship is so heavy now. Because people that are coming out with the truth are getting banned. They're getting shadow banned. They're getting scrubbed for the internet. Barack Obama's going around doing speeches on dangerous misinformation. <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, okay. So when I put a post up there, a friend of mine put a post up quoting the CDC. His post was removed from Instagram for medical misinformation. 
And he spread that around. He goes like, okay, so you're telling us now that the CDC medical information is wrong? I mean, this is how bad it's getting out there. Yeah. And, and people are like, okay, you got to see that. Like there was one thing that said, no matter how you feel about X, Y, Z or whatever, you have to know that this is not right. And I think that's where we're coming to. I think people are starting to wake up to it. People are starting to realize it. People are getting up and going about their job or their life. And they're not seeing this craziness. Of course, you know, I think New Hampshire, we're a little isolated, right? You know, until you get down to Southern part of the state, which is a fucking shithole. But, which is just <laughs> Northern Mass, right? But, but anyways, I, I don't know. I, I hope people are waking up to it. And just like I said before, all we're going to do is say no. Just like these fuel prices, right? All you're going to do is say, and I guess there's something coming for July 4th. What? Yeah, there's some push that they want everybody to just not do anything on July 4th. Just hang out with your family. Don't go anywhere. Don't spend any money. Don't buy gas. Don't do any of that. Oh. I you know, know hey, you know what? If everybody decided they want to stay home for a week, don't buy any gas. Don't don't go buy groceries. Don't go buy nothing. Don't buy nothing. Just lay down and die. Just no, just stock up. <laughs> stock up. Which I mean essentially is not going to hurt the store because what they sold to you while you were stocking up, even if they don't sell it to you on that day, but it might send a message. I mean, I don't know if it's the right approach, but but I'm just saying, I, I think enough people are gonna wake up. But my theory is they want us, they want they want chaos in the streets. They want some form of civil war because what are they going to do? They're going to use that to stop the midterms because they know that they can't do the midterm elections. I know I'm beating a dead horse on that one, but I'm just telling you. Don't know how they're going to pull that off. State of Massachusetts just overrode the governor's veto. They're going to give state ID, state-issued IDs to all the illegal immigrants. And why do you think that is? So they can vote. Because they know that voter ID laws are coming in. But how should you be able to vote if you're an illegal alien? And does this ID say that you're an illegal alien on it? You know that's that's why they're letting people into the country, Buckley. Oh, I do. They're letting them into the country because they know that historically and typically these people vote Democrat because the Democrats are the ones giving them everything for free, right? So, hey, more power, you know... if I was an immigrant, I'd do the same thing. I mean, they probably have some identification that they're not a okay. How how many how many Jose Ra- citizen? How many Jose Ramirez's do you think there are in Lawrence, Mass? One. Seriously, <laughs> no. Probably like one thousand. Look, I lived in Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, Mass, when I was going to school in Boston, which is fucking ghetto. Uh, newspapers printed in Spanish. Um, well, that, that's, reggaeton that's being, not that's not unusual in mass. Reggaeton being bumped twenty four seven. There was a law that you couldn't ask anybody for their papers, uh, like cops or law enforcement. So yeah, there's a lot of Spanish immigrants uh, and people of that ethnicity in that region, which I don't necessarily have a problem with as long as they're kind of like on the track. Yeah. You know, I've said this a million times. To be I ha- illegal. I have no trouble with Spanish people at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if, if you come into this country illegally and you're taking all the right steps to fix that problem, then cool. 
I'm good with that. Right. If you come here as an illegal alien to work for drug cartels, for human trafficking and shit like that, okay, we don't need you. But anyway, story for another day. Yeah. But what I was getting to is if they can in, uh, enact any form of martial law, mm. if there's major disruption in major cities, people fighting in the street, like open warfare between... Because that DHS thing that we talked about last week, that alert, that was about people fighting each other because one side believed in one narrative, the other side believed in another narrative, and they were fighting each other over that. That's exactly what they're talking about. Like, exactly what they're talking about could happen. So what are they going to do if they enact martial law? One, that suspends all elections. It leaves everything status quo. And they're saying, oh, my God, all of our troops are over in Ukraine now, so we don't have enough forces to combat this, so they're going to call out the National Guard. Ooh, now the National Guard is understaffed, so who are we going to call for help? WHO. The UN. Well, close enough. Well, WHO is part of the UN. Yeah. United Nations. So when you were talking about the Civil War thing, um, which has been going on for a while, it's uh, it's in the narrative. It's, oh, Civil War could happen, blah, blah, blah. It was. Do you remember... A while back when it was being talked about, it was like really being brought to the forefront. I, I wholeheartedly think that that would be a perfect reason if they could make it happen. Say some LGBT LGBTQ oppressed population, along with BLM oppressed population, um, starts to have riots against, let's say, the Boogaloo Boys or alt right. Uh, Donald Trumpers or whatever, or whatever the divides are, that would be a perfect reason to enact martial law. So as soon as you said civil war, that's immediately where my mind went. Yes, no. Ron is thinking intrinsically. No, I'm fucking dealing with a dilemma, of course. Everybody knows that I record. You record? Everybody knows we record on Wednesday night, so they know better than to text me with a fucking problem. Oh, anyways, it is, is it a it big is. problem, small problem, it's potentially a big problem. But not, no, like what I was saying, not a problem for me. <laughs> what I was saying but. is like when I when when people bring up civil war, it seems like a perfect reason if it were to happen to basically go for martial law, which then is a whole other thing. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Dot's Homestyle Pretzels. Original season pretzel twist. Mmm, aren't they delightful? Okay, so. Sorry, I was just filling space. Yeah, well, you can do better than that. I have to do it every time you leave to take a piss. Well, I was just, the, that bag of pretzels over there. Do you want some? Nah, I'm good right now. Yeah, I'm okay. trying to wash my weight. Those are good pretzels, though. They are good, but... All right, sorry sorry about the delay, people. You know, I'm one of those guys. Actually, in the town that we live in, they call me the mayor. Even the chief of police and the selectmen who are actually running the town call me the mayor. Really? So, yeah. So, so when there's You're an issue, big? when there's an issue, and uh, now it's fucking... Ooh, got to call Ron, because he's the fixer. <laughs> I ain't fixing this one, not tonight. Nah. Anyways... <sighs> Whatever. So, okay. Just, yeah. 
Fuck. We'll just, we'll just blow past it. All right. What are That's we That's why for now I want I'm just going to turn my fucking phone off. But I have to have my phone on because we're going to get in, getting a call from a special guest. Are we still on the TikTok thing? Uh, yeah. What else did you have for TikTok? Hey, listen, just. Uh, I had something I want to talk when about. I make, when I do my voices, like, like, don't take offense to that. Right. Yeah, you fucking southerners, you heathens. Don't take offense. But don't but, take offense to our voices because we don't. I don't want you to say anything bad about us in New England. I actually don't care. Okay, no, hold on. I just want to say one thing though. though for real. Oh, we love everybody. Yeah, dude, I was born in Kentucky, so I was a southerner. You fucking heathen. I was Rob. a rebel raised in a Yankee jail. You slime. Uh, but I will challenge you to uh, challenge the listeners to, to do a this. Duel. Try to imitate. A New England accent, and specifically a Boston North accent, which is what I have. Want to try like Maine too? Because well, the Down East accent or New Hampshire. Because it simply cannot be done. Look at all the famous actors that they have to do Boston movies. <laughs> they even Martin Sheen, who was one of my favorite actors, Charlie Sheen's dad in uh, The Departed. Right, tried to do the Boston accent. Not even close. You know what's funny too? Like when actors play parts in other part uh, parts of New England, like say Maine or New Hampshire, oftentimes they'll just go to a fucking they'll just go to the Boston accent, and it's hilarious because say there's a movie being filmed in Maine, and you know they have those main accents which i'm not even gonna try to uh replicate and then there's a character who's also (laughs) clearly not a new englander but they're trying to do a new england accent and it's like or a main accent and it's fucking boston (laughs) it's like uh swing and a miss try again bud and this is why they always say why is it always ben affleck or matt damon or mark Wahlberg or whoever that acts in these boston movies well, it's because they're from Boston. Yeah, that's the only accent they can and they get. and they sound like they're from Boston. And like they, when they do other movies, they have to alter their Boston accent to be like a neutral accent in other movies. And what even is the New Hampshire accent? Well, like mine. Yeah, I mean, I've been here for fifty-five years. Yeah, and I know it's it's a hick, it's a hick accent, but it's not Maine, it's not Boston. No, it's no, it's New England. It's not fucking Vermont. It's pretty fucking hippies. It's pretty close to Boston. Anyway, I had something I wanted to talk about real quick. Panda bears. I kind of went a little, not wicked deep, but kind of deep. You know how birds aren't real? Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Fucking panda bears might not be real either. I actually have no idea, but this is a conspiracy theory that's out there. Uh, as far as I knew, panda bears are real, but I've never seen one. So they are. So you you talked about this thing. So they're very specific to a region of, was it fucking China? I don't know, but they're very specific to one region. They are an animal that is a carnivore, but that has a herbivore kind of vegetarian dietary tract because they basically only eat fucking bamboo and it's not even supposedly healthy for them as being carnivores 
So there is this whole law that civilians aren't even allowed to interact with panda bears. Uh, because there's some virus that you, if you do, you could kill them. Uh, if you find, if you kill a panda bear or find a panda bear, the, the, the law's death, you could be killed. Uh, and this is, I think, strictly China because panda bears are found basically in China. Is that right? Can someone look that up? Panda bears are from China. Right. And they're specifically like to only that China into bamboo forests. Right. So and that's all they eat is bamboo. Right, so specifically to this region. There are also um, theories that panda bears are essentially genetically modified animals that were brought about by in a lab. Uh, and they, they were never, ever, ever, ever wild animals. Because we know China is a... Uh, it's a very old... It's the oldest civilization that we kind of know... I believe are it's extremely old. They have a, a, a vast amount of documentation. Um, they're always scribing hi- historical events and the ways of their people throughout time over 4,000 years, right? And the first panda bear that was ever written into their uh, hist- historical documents was based off of a patch of fur. And it was documented by a fucking Jesuit. Jesuit? Jesuit, sorry. Which we know could be a little rocky and hairy. I don't really, the Jesuits, I just feel like they're one of those societies that, bad news bears, brother. But they're also just like one of those controlled, possibly, societies that's used for the greater masses of the elite, possibly are the elite. Um, You know. Some say Donald Trump is a Jesuit. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. But the first panda bear to ever come to the United States of America was in 1946. Or wait, maybe they didn't get the right. Oh, yeah. No, I think that was right. In 1946. So we have these fucking panda bears that also there have been a number of fake accounts uh, in which they were in zoos. So, you know, sun bears being painted black and white, uh, a mechanical bear that was a, basically a robot, um, you know, a person in a panda bear suit in the zoo, as well as certain dogs painted black and white, all to basically formulate that there was a panda bear in a zoo, but it was a complete fucking lie. <laughs> so why do what 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 can we say about this for real though? You know, we know that we know that also. China gave the U.S. a certain panda. And when Barack Obama went to China and basically receded on some sort of deal, possibly a tariff a lot, I don't know the uh, exact details, 
But that panda bear that was given to the U.S. was then taken back by China. But why? That's the deeper question. Why would pandas be fake? You know, I'm not saying they actually are. But there is this theory out there. A lot of people think that um, a panda bear, the panda bear is specifically an elitist uh, kind of bargaining tool from China. Um, some think it's even deeper because it gets a little dark here, but the the whole panda bear eye uh, concept can be directly related to uh, specific parts of child abuse that is known um, in the elite world, the pedophile, the elite pedophile rings, the satanic stuff, the Illuminati uh, ritual abuse stuff that happens. You know, uh, a child with double black eyes is often known as um, panda bear eyes, as well as um, the black eye club. A lot of people associate that to panda bears. And, you know, we see a lot of celebrities that end up with black eyes, politicians that end up with black eyes throughout times. I think that's something different. Um, what? I think the I think the left black eye thing is something totally different than panda bear eyes. No, no, because well, I, I think panda bear bear eyes is when they beat the little kids up. Right. So, so yes, what I was talking about before is yes, there is the panda bear eyes that is directly related to that. But some people also think the black eye stuff comes or is related to the black eye club is related to the panda bear eyes. That's what I was saying. <clears throat> so I don't know. Maybe they are real. Maybe they're fake. Who the fuck knows? Does it really even matter? I've never seen a panda bear. So I couldn't tell you. I'm sure there's a lot of people that also <laughs> haven't seen panda bears. So I don't fucking know. If you have seen one in a zoo, it could probably be fake. Just watch out. They're coming for panda bears. They're coming for foxes. That's a stretch. House cats. Are you talking about the panda fox? What? There's a panda fox. Oh, the yes. Yep, yeah. No, it's the raccoon fox, isn't it? No, the raccoon panda. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Fuck. I don't know. That's about all I had to say about panda bears. Well, since you totally fucking took a digger on that segment, <laughs> I am going you to... You weren't really helping me out. I told you I was busy. You were, oh, well, thank you. You were just texting for like five minutes straight. You just left me out there. Oh, I will tell you after who I was texting. Squalling in the wind. I'll tell you who I was texting after. I think I did a good job on the panda bear shit. Yeah, the panda bear thing is where, okay, for full disclosure, I think panda bears are totally real. I know they have a hard time like mating or getting them interested in any type of sex. Right. And uh, they have a hard time reproducing. So all that stuff I know. Those are some finer details. And that's, that and that's why they're so rare. And that's why uh, they are they are in the wild. There's panda bears in the wild. But they, well, but they do better, I think, in captivity, which I don't 100% agree with. Well, that doesn't even make sense. Well, yeah, they're, they're better. Whole... Could you imagine just eating the same fucking thing day in and day out? Bamboo. It's probably yeah. all right. But... uh 
there's a whole other conspiracy theory that the whole panda organization to save pandas and have panda sanctuaries and uh, panda kindergartens for baby panda bears is all just a giant setup for like money laundering and bullshit and to steal people's money because they're going to be like, hey, donate to the pandas because they're going extinct and they can't fucking survive in the wild in China. Give us your money. And then it's just another big siphoning ploy to get your money off something fake. I'll just go on record right now and personally say that I 100% believe that all panda bears are fake. Uh, 100%. And if you ever see one, it is either an imposter, uh, a robot, possibly some sort of AI drone that is in comparison to the bird drones um, that's actually tracking data on people uh, and basically just, you know, tracking data for the government or the elite. Like that's a hundred percent what I feel. Um, and if you don't agree with me, well, you can go fuck yourself. I don't really care. Panda bears aren't real. So get over it. People <laughs> yeah. get over it. Okay. So we're momentarily waiting for a call. Can I go piss? Yeah, and I'll see if I can keep the show rolling because I seem to be a little bit better at it. Are you kidding me? You were just <laughs> texting for like 10 fucking minutes straight. Okay, I'm texting three different people to alleviate a situation. Well, that's fine, but when I piss, it takes me about 30 seconds. Well, go get, go get it done. Yeah, and you, you, everyone out there listening, you put your timers on and see how quickly I'll be back, baby. Okay, get out there and do your thing. Oh, is that him? Yeah, hold on. Hello. Welcome to the Wicked... Hello. Planet Podcast, you are live on air. Who the hell is this? This is Kellen Buckley from Lone Star Paranormal Research. Another oh. Buckley? Who? Yeah, I'm actually the brother of this like, real loser. Who, who is this? I don't know. I've never heard of this person before <laughs> in my life. So, Kellen, you right. got a sp- are you on speakerphone or are you win a mic? <clears throat> I'm on speakerphone. Okay. Uh, do you have earbuds with a mic on them? No. Oh, you and your brother, you're always un- so fucking unprepared. I'm always prepared, baby. That whole segment on panda bears being fake was legit. So, Kellen, what's going on? How's the ghost hunting business? It's going really well. Doing some more, um, we're kind of like more focused on actual projects now. So we're not doing like quite as many locations, but more like try and have like a focus as to what we're doing. Yeah, I saw uh-huh. recently on some of your posts on Instagram that you had some pretty cool stuff going on. That's why I wanted to call in, have you call in, and we can kind of rap about that a little bit and kind of get us up to speed on what's new at uh, Lone Star Paranormal Research. Yeah, so um, about two weeks ago, we did, um, I don't know if you saw the video about the possible haunted doll. We did like a follow up on that case. I did that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. So this is almost like another Annabelle situation. Yeah, possibly. Um, so this doll was in the basement of this really haunted hospital called Nazareth Hospital. And there was a TV show where they got a picture of this like crazy black shadow coming out from behind the head. Um, but that that hospital like closed down as like a investigation site due to some unfortunate issues um 
So they moved the doll to another location that's also haunted. <clears throat> but I was like, well, maybe that doll has an attachment. So we did some EVP sessions around it and got some like direct responses that seemed related to the investigation that Destination Fear did at Nazareth. So <clears throat> two weeks ago, we got permission to go back into Nazareth. Um, and we took her back to her basement spot um, and did more stuff. Um, I'd say like it's still inconclusive because that building is haunted as fuck anyway. Now, was this in Nazareth, so, Texas? It's in Mineral Wells. Oh, Mineral Wells. Okay. Yeah, but Mineral Wells is like crazy amounts of like mineral water running under it. That's like super high charged. Okay. So the yeah. whole town. The whole town's super active. A lot of weird stuff happens with water, right? Yeah, and especially like mineralized water. Kevin, so, question for you. What? Isn't there like a water ghost or demon? Um, there might be. I'm sure there's some weird paranormal entities attached with water. Uh, I heard that there was like the specific paranormal spirit or ghost, possibly demon, that specifically likes to interact with water. But I, who, hmm. what do I know? I'm not a, a ghost researcher. So tell yeah, us. So so I'm sorry, Kellen, but tell us a little bit. This doll story kind of fascinates me because of the whole, you know, any any haunted dolls, and we've heard a lot of stories about haunted dolls before. Of course, Annabelle. Yeah. Everybody knows about Annabelle, but. Then Shocking. there was then there was the other haunted, uh, and I want to say this was a monkey dressed in a sailor uniform. Are you oh, familiar with that I, one? I'm familiar with it. I forget its name. Right, but, but, yeah, but so so it's so it's an interesting concept in the paranormal field of these actually inanimate objects becoming haunted. And to me, I yeah. always wondered how that was possible. Tell yeah, us. so with this doll, anyway, in the in the basement, we got a ton of shit. It's super haunted down there anyway. So I don't know if that was attached to the doll or not. Um, but then afterwards, we took the doll to the hotel room. I still actually got to review all that stuff. Um, so we're trying to see if we got anything with the doll in a non-haunted location to see. Because I feel like that's a good way to isolate if it's attached to the doll or the location. So you take the doll away from the location to see if it's the location or if it is in fact just the doll to see if anything paranormal happens with just this doll no matter where it is, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I figured if, if it's in a non-haunted location and the doll haunted, we should still get stuff. Because the only places you've ever, ever investigated are like certified haunted. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that counts. But when we investigated at Fort Walters, um, we got like, so I asked, are you, were you from the basement of Nazareth? We got like a really aggressive like whisper, like, no, like, no. It's like honor reporter. So I'm like, that sounds kind of like defensive in a way, trying to hide something. Yeah. But then we also, one of the inve investigators' names on the Destination Fear show is Chelsea. That's why we named the doll Chelsea. Um, and so we were investigating it at Fort Walters, and one of the EVPs we got said Chelsea in a whisper. Woof. 
so that's like super weird because that's like directly related to that location. So it's like something saying no aggressively, then also like toying with us. Yeah, Tom Fundry. It also like mocked um, another one of our investigators, John John. He was like messing with our tape recorder and he couldn't like find the buttons. He's like, oh shit. And then you just hear this like, oh shit. It was so crazy because we were like the only ones back there at all. Like, so I don't know. There's a bunch of weird stuff that we're trying to see if it's, it's fun to investigate either way, but we're trying to see if we could figure out a way to like bonafide proof that that doll's haunted. Callan, <clears throat> I have a question for you. Yes. It's real serious. Where, Shoot. where on the doll did the ghost touch you? <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, but for, for real, how do you certify, like, like in the paranormal world, uh, how do you certify something as being haunted or uh, what kind of evidence or abundance of evidence do you need to actually certify something as being haunted? Is there like a, is there like a league or an organization or, or can you just kind of do it yourself or do you need peer review? Anything like that? Well, that's kind of what we're working on. Like we're trying to figure out a way to like more scientific because we've, we've got activity around the doll for sure. Like both locations, there's no, freaking way they're not haunted like both buildings are haunted so we have to take it out of that building and isolate it like i said and i think that's the only way to tell i still haven't like i'm still we got so much crazy shit in the basement that i'm just making a video on that right now and i still gotta review the hotel room which i'll probably review before i put the video just in case we did get anything in that i will add it to the video well but i'm not sure we uh, what, I, what, what I meant by certification was like, I, I obviously you can come to your own conclusions, right? About yeah. uh, evidence that you gather or areas that you investigate, you can come to conclusions, be like, well, yeah, I think this is fucking haunted as shit. What I meant by certification is like, like it kind of in the scientific world, is there that, that process of peer review that needs to happen? Is there some sort of uh, system in which you have to uh, provide evidence to where you can be like authentically certified as being paranormal or haunted or whatever? Yeah, there's not like an exact league, but there's people I trust who I would, okay. you know, run stuff by. Like there, there are people in the field who don't fake shit. Would be like, and they know I don't. So it's like, yeah, if we get a disembodied voice from that doll in the hotel room. It's like, I'm going to like, in my last video, I said we couldn't conclusively prove it, but it was interesting. This one, we're still there right now, but I still get reviewed this last two hours. At this hotel, we were in the middle of a EVP session and some like drunk dudes started fighting outside. So I got that on tape too. Oh, that makes it interesting. Can you send that to us? Yeah, well, they were just, they were just like peacocking, basically. They didn't actually throw down, but they were getting pretty Jersey Shore. <laughs> and then we drove off in his truck really fast. But yeah, we definitely like stuck the camera through the curtain and filmed it. Uh, Isn't nice. that what you call contamination in your field? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole yes. hotel. I don't like. 
if there's a whisper or something, I'll be like, okay, because you can't hear people whispering in other rooms, but you could kind of hear like some mumble talking from, I think there was a few people upstairs. So even that, like we might, it's such a far drive. Like I wish it was closer so we could do like more stuff. It's a three hour drive each way. And with gas right now, it's like, fuck. Right. So yeah, gas prices suck. We talk about that a lot, but, um, so as far as like contamination goes, uh, Cause there's a lot of people that don't believe in anything paranormal or they just think it's fucking Tom fuckery on the camera or good editing or whatever. So as far as contamination goes, can you explain a little more of like what contamination is and like how you minimize that? Yeah. You minimize it by having as few people as possible and people who are, I mean, you trust. So, our, so this investigation, I only took two other people. So they were like right by me the whole time. And we heard like a woman's voice in the fucking basement of this hospital, like a moan. As we were asking questions about the doll, then at one point the arm was taped on, but the arm kind of fell off kind of forcefully. I can't necessarily say that's paranormal because it was taped on. But, like, right after, there's, like, a little female voice that's like, hmm. So. Really? And this doll is a female? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. We don't know how it identifies, Ron. It could identify as <laughs> That was being... before all this stuff. Wow. It could be a woke doll. So, Kellen, tell us what else you got going on. And uh, one question, has the price of fuel... And I think we already know the answer, but has the price of fuel altered your paranormal paranormal investigations at all? I mean, yeah, it has to. Like, I can't afford, like, to be driving around like I was last summer. So I kind of, like, we're going to Kansas next month. That Masonic Temple we were going to do last time fell through, so we secured it again, and we're going back. Oh, okay, not cool. Back. Kellen, to- Kellen, what was this... Uh, was it a schoolhouse or something that you guys were looking into? Was that a schoolhouse, a little white schoolhouse? Oh, that was a church. That was oh, a church. Cool. Okay. Yeah, we got like um, some. Yeah, we got voices. We heard walking, like shoes, like hard shoulder shoes. Um. So yeah, that place, and that was out in the middle of nowhere. So that's like, I mean, there was no contamination. Yeah, so 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 tell us how you found out about this place and how you approached the investigation and what particular were there any stories or any history associated to this church that brought interest to you and that's why you wanted to go investigate it and then during the investigation uh maybe a little bit more specific of what you found. Um yeah, so my friend or my my uh co-investigator Justin uh, he did an investigation there with his old team a few years ago. And he was telling me that there was some crazy stuff. They saw like <clears throat> like a um, hand shadow on the ceiling from yes. one of their devices. But it was no one. And the thing was like, the shadow was so like, you know, like the further a sh- like an object is, like the more clear the shadow is or whatever. Like this, this shadow of this hand on the ceiling was like crystal clear. So that over. would mean, yeah. Usually, if a shadow, like if the object that's casting the shadow is closer to an object, the the shadow's actually crisper, correct? Yeah, yeah. 
So they like they saw the hand shadow and they're like, well, just to make sure, because there was like we, they had a device with a light on it, like just a little green light that kind of set off some ambient light. But they saw the hand shadow in that. And it was crystal clear on the ceiling. And then they they put their hand over the light and it was not clear at all. So like I don't know how it works. But and then they heard like banging on the side of the church and they were also the only team out there. So in this time. Um, one of my friends lives up there. So we went up there together and just did it, the two of us. And, um, yeah, we heard, we were just standing still and we could hear shoes walking. We heard a female voice and I didn't hear a male voice, but just reviewing some of the stuff. Um, it's there. So, so so were you able to get any history on this particular church? Was there a prominent female preacher there, maybe? I, it's too old for that. I don't think so. And it, the church is kind of a mystery. I'd like to get it more. Well, I mean, in my oh. town, there was uh, one of the most famous preachers there ever was, was a lady. And I'm talking oh. back in the 1700s. Yeah, but he's not as old as you. No, I'm talking about the history of the church. Still, well, there's also a huge uh, graveyard in the church. Oh, there is. <laughs> yeah, so I don't. Did know you get any? Stuff. Did you get any pictures of the gravestones and like how you know? Give us the dates. Like, what were the dates like? Like ranging in this? Uh, it was like late 1800s through mid 1900s. Hmm, interesting. Um, so yeah, it's definitely old as shit. It's way out there. There's not much history, but I might try and get out there again sometime. Yeah, and how far, away, how far away from you is that? It's like two hours. Oh, Jesus, that's a hike. Callie. It's a hike. What? Can you tell us about this Masonic temple that you're going to investigate a little bit? Like, are you expecting anything? Well, you've done one there before, right? I haven't. I want it to, failed. Every, everything, yeah, it failed. It, went, it didn't go through. So, like, what are you expecting Going here because we like we 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 talk about Freemasons all the time and cult shit all the time. And is there anything unique you're expecting? Uh, is there any unique history that you know about the place? Well, the building is it's in uh, Salina, Kansas or Salina. I don't know exactly how you pronounce it, but it it looks like a huge like courthouse. It's like literally a temple. It has like a giant theater. They have like ceremony rooms. Um, it's built out of limestone and marble which is um, theorized to be able to harbor, like, spiritual energy. So yeah, the, whole the building, limestone, they say that about granite, too. Yeah, yeah, so it's built out of all, like, high-quality stones. Um, they were obviously doing rituals there. Like, if you were part of a secret society, and then you passed away, wouldn't you still, like... I feel like that's where you'd hang out. <laughs> Your Friday night. Like, why would free free Freemasons? Like, I feel like they'd hang out there, but it's also like reported to be extremely haunted. And it was kind. Of, it was a cool building, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll go investigate." It's been like one of my uh, um, an investigator I trust a lot. He's like, "Dude, that building's crazy." I'm like, "Oh my god!" So now I'm like super pumped about it. So, what kind of do you know any stories of what kind of shit has been found there in the past or recently? Shadow figures, people getting touched. It's obviously they have like ceremonial rooms and stuff, so it's probably territorial energy. Jesus, um, Kelly, 
Kellen, sorry to interrupt you, but are they, are they still using this lodge? Is it still in, in uh, still in action or whatever? No, not anymore. Oh, okay. I think they use it once in a while, but it's mostly. All right, so they don't have like regular meetings there or anything like that. No, I and don't is, think so. And isn't that I, unusual I, for a Masonic lodge to shut down? Yeah, it's true. Maybe maybe I haven't looked into that enough. Maybe they do, but they don't. Yeah, I guarantee you that they probably still use it. They just don't. Well, maybe they that's where they do the sacrifice that they're using. Well, that's where they I know do they the sacrifices. Because my friend, that's how we got the connection. She knows the owner, and they oh. they've done like normal stuff there, like conferences and stuff. So it's a perfect cover up. Yeah, but for real, are you are you worried about going there and maybe bringing back some bad juju, like a. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, do you worry about that on your investigations that you could get possessed? Yeah, or maybe like... And, a, I'm, and I'm asking that, like seriously asking that. Or maybe like you, you're going to get trapped in a painting on the wall. Oh, there you go. And get cursed. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I, I mean, I I just try to close myself off from bringing anything home. That's all you could really do. But I feel like that place, everything, no, nothing wants to leave there. That's like their territory. So I'm not that worried about it there. Mm. Or they could um, be just fighting you off and saying, telling all the different ghosts and the spirits, okay, be quiet. Don't make noise. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want this guy no. to know that we're here. Yeah. So, so Kellen, that's all cool. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Lone Star Paranormal Research? Give us your, uh, like, a YouTube channel. Are you getting more active on the YouTube? I mean, I know you're on Instagram. Yeah, I'm starting to put more stuff. I mean, you've probably seen all this stuff on instagram it's the same stuff i just upload the same stuff but i like it better because you can watch it on like the big tv which is nicer than a cell phone yeah um, true yeah so we have some good ones up there um but that's the lone star paranormal research but my uh fellow investigator who made the page had a typo in lone star so there's no e after the n so it's lone star super- <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that's great. Well, these and things it's happen. super hard to fix on YouTube. Like, you can't just like hit edit, fix the name. You have to like convert the account and all this shit. So can't I haven't you, done it. Yet. Can't you do that through Google though? You can. It's just it's it's hard. You it's have to a make pain it like a, ass. It's yeah, it's a major pain in the ass. Well, and the account go ahead. technically name, so it has to like send him a bunch of codes, and we have to like coordinate. We could do it. We just haven't. Uh, I think it would make sense to go through the extra effort to fix that. I do too. <laughs> okay, so tell us where they can find you on Instagram. Lone Star Paranormal Research on Instagram. Yeah, and yeah. what I'll do is I'll put that in the show notes too so people can go check it out. Kellen, yes, I do have we- one closing question for you. And I should have that video, the second follow-up to the doll video up by this weekend, maybe tomorrow night. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd be interested in taking a look at that. I, I do have one closing question for you. And hold on before your closing question. Jesus um, Christ. When I, when I post it, I'm going to put the first video and that video in my story so you can watch them back to back. Because this one's like a sequel, basically. Oh. So. That's sweet. Yeah. So what's your question? <laughs> kind of drop the attitude, first of all. <laughs> Is this what happens when brothers get together? (laughs) 
So I guess my my final question is to you because I've had a lot of paranormal shit happen to me that you know all about. Um, yeah, true. And I, you know, I went on. Well, obviously, we investigated the haunted garage and the property around here. So I guess my my question to you is like, is there anything specific that you do either during or before where you prepare yourself to maybe open up to paranormal uh, activity as well as close yourself off to paranormal activity. Is there anything specific you do? Because I know like, I know there's this kind of theory that, you know, if you kind of believe it and you want it and you see it, it'll kind of, it'll present itself to you. And um, if you're the opposite way that it won't. So anything, yeah, I definitely close it off when I leave. Um, when I get there, it's it, it. Some people do. Some people like meditate. I don't do that, but um, it's just like your senses are on such high alert. You just have to like really like. I feel like you have to focus on you, your eyes. Can't be your number one focus. Really. Like it's more like feeling. Um, sometimes it's good to like close your eyes, just listen for a bit, kind of like shut that sight, the sense off, and that kind of helps you hone in. Um, opening up, it's uh, easy and hard because like you want, like last time I was at Old Park Hotel, I was doing a solo session, and you want stuff to happen, but when you're solo, as soon as stuff starts happening, you're kind of like, oh shit. Mm. I was like in this like this isolated part of the building all by myself. I said like this fucking male whispering in my ear. And when you're by yourself, it's just, it's kind of hard to. You're a lot more like uh, frightened, I guess. <laughs> like I stayed there, but definitely uh, sends your fight or flight up. So oh, that's kind of like trying to close down, but then you have to fight that. And, take some deep breaths and just be like, this is what I'm here for. You kind of got to work through it. You know, I think there always is, you know, anybody that's in the ghost hunting business, there's always that thought of the bad juju getting into you. Yeah. It's just like what the Indians used to say. The Indians would never go near crazy people because they were afraid that whatever demons that were in the crazy people would jump in, would jump into them. I mean that's an old that's old like Indian folklore right there. And I mean, like cursed land. And yeah, and it makes sense. The Indian cursed books, whatever, yeah, cursed yeah. dolls. The Indians can no joke curse land. Like they're the craziest shit. I know you guys don't. If you like paranormal stuff, you guys should get Discovery Plus. Oh no, we. Oh yeah, no, I have that. So so we've we've talked. Oh, man, you do all right. I'm gonna plug something. Real. Yeah. So the, so there's several things in New Hampshire. Uh, Mount Chikora is one that was cursed by an Indian. And then down in the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts, that was cursed by an Indian. Oh, yeah, baby. And they have major paranormal. I mean, every paranormal thing you could think of, everything from large snakes, Bigfoot, aliens. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Puck wedgies. Puck wedgies. Murders. Murders. Yeah, Ghosts, no. It's paranormal sightings. Yeah, so the whole thing People with the Indians, the, it, right? And the Indians being able to curse land, that's a re, that's the real deal, for sure. Oh yeah, Kellen, I actually. The, uh, oh, sorry. So, so if you have Discovery Plus, watch the last episode of Ghost Adventures 
house called in um it's in florida and it's on indian cursed land and at the end i mean i don't want to tell you well i will they're like you you have to fucking move out there's nothing we could do about this it's too ancient it's too like Whoa. dark like this shit they like she just sees like this black mist that looks like a snake like crawling through her kitchen and shit oh god if she wasn't lying like they saw it and shit they saw like the black mist and just the craziest shit. I but think yeah, the U-Haul truck would be backed right up to the door quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've never seen them tell someone, like, yeah, you, you just got to move. You made a bad decision in buying that property. Hopefully nothing goes with you. Hey, isn't that yeah, supposed to be disclosed by the real estate agent? I if don't think par- it has to be. If this paranormal activity? I think, like, murders or deaths has to be disclosed. I thought it was. I don't think it does. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to have Maybe to call a, a real estate person I know and ask her. Yeah, maybe Indian burial grounds too, Colin. But I actually do have, and I swear to God, this is my last question. Swear to God, and we'll let you go. So, um, I've been kind of getting into like the Amazon a little bit, the Amazon forest, and just like looking into that, and uh, yeah, ancient civilizations, and um, you know, they're discovering through lidar, uh, uh. Technology and software, uh, they're discovering. What well, 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 lidar is basically like lasers that they shoot through the canopy and lights and shit that maps stuff that they can't see in areas that have been untracked or unvoyaged upon. Um, and they're discovering these fucking huge ass civilizations, uh, cities in the Amazon that you know, can hold hundreds of thousands of people and uh, some that are the size of London. Uh, and they're discovering hundreds of these, not just the Amazon. There's other rainforests throughout the world that this is happening. Question for you is, do you guys use LIDAR uh, at all? Or would you possibly think that might be something if you don't, that's beneficial to paranormal investigations? Yeah, I definitely think it would. Anything that could see things you can't see with your eye um, are great. Actually, one of the the um, things people use nowadays is the <clears throat> the motion trackers that are used for like video games to track your motion. That like map in a person, like for the Xbox, like all the dance games. Yeah, like those things have like <clears throat> um, thousands of like lasers that you can't see that like map a person so if you just use that like if you set it up on like an ipad you could like it will just map in figures in like space where there's nobody which is crazy because they're they're pretty high tech and they're not meant for ghost hunting so it's definitely interesting but yeah there's a bunch there's electron magnifying cameras that like some folks use which is crazy it could see it could uh take a picture of like a single photon so it will, wow. it will like it will like take pictures of light events that you can't see and they've caught like full did we lose you are you still there oh i think we lost him Callan buckley hold on come in oh no it switched over that was weird Kellen, you still there yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know. We just something. lost you for a second. Yeah, my phone switched over. That's weird. Um, yeah, no, but that's super interesting. I think 
you should do, if you don't have any of that tech i think you should look into getting it yeah i've looked into the electron magnifying cameras they're really scientific and thousands of dollars so my my uh one of the investigators i know he like got his from like an astrophysicist he said if i want to prove that there there are ghosts how would you recommend that i do it and the dude gave him this camera and he's got some crazy shit with it yeah next on that's on your list of things to get yeah i need a piggy bank start a piggy bank or find an investor (laughs) yeah yeah you know the biggest thing is when it comes to the cost of equipment now I mean, just the upgrades, the upgrades in the studio here were, I don't know, 1500 bucks by the time we were done. Yeah. But yeah, so it's crazy. All right, Kellen, listen, I'm going to throw you out of here. Thanks for calling into the Wicked Planet. I wanted to get an update on you. I like the work that you're doing down there at Lone Star Paranormal. When are you coming back to New Hampshire, by the way? Um, hopefully at the end of September, the plane tickets aren't like insane. All right, end of September. All right, so uh, well, obviously we'll make sure... You come in that that period of time that you're here. Yeah, plan on a show yeah. appearance. Yeah, plan on a show appearance, Kellen, when you're home. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Kellen Buckley, Buckley's brother ha. from Lone Star Paranormal. Thanks for calling, Kellen. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Kellen. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, so that was cool. So that was my brother, Kellen Buckley, from Lone Star Paranormal Research out in Austin, Texas. Out in Austin, Texas, down there. Right? He lives right next door to Alan's Jones. They got ghosts and paranormal equipment for sale. It's uh, uh, Kelly days. Kellen and, has 75 years worth of chicken Alfredo in stock. And uh, quail eggs and colonial silver. All right, All right. cool. Okay, everybody. Uh, odd night tonight. Sorry, we're off a little bit. I have uh, like a not a major dilemma, but something I got to take care of. I know y'all enjoyed that segment on Panda Bears. That oh, I, yeah. I came yeah, I can't. I, I can't wait to listen to it. That's usually like <laughs> right when I need to fall asleep portion of the show. You liked it. You but, loved it. But anyways, yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to everybody that donated to the tip jar. Alex, uh, a couple others. Thank you very much. Uh, we don't have any time to go over any more hate mail for Buckley. And... Ah. I really enjoyed that last week, and uh, I want everybody to get ready to, uh, we're going to put together a big roast show for Buckley. I've got quite a few other podcasts are are in on that for sure. I'm sure they all are. Yeah, that's going to be an awesome, awesome show. Bring it on, baby. But uh, but anyways, do you have any closing words? Because I know you usually do. Closing words, love thy neighbor uh, intimately, bring (laughs) lots of lube and uh, protection, and if you get any funkiness down there go to the doctor does it have to be your neighbor or could it be one of your neighbors that lives a few houses up that could be it yeah that's fine yeah it doesn't have to be your direct grinder if you use grinder that's cool too you use grinder bumbler whatever just stay safe out there we here at the wicked planet promote per pleasure but we also want you to be safe we always want you to be safe so thank you for your support Yes, thank you for your support very much. Listen, we're going to go. We're going to call it. You know where to find me on Instagram, Ron from New England. And talk about censorship and shadow banning. Oh, boy. So my, uh, what is it? Followers on Instagram. It's been progressively (laughs) going up. But I noticed in the last week, I get on average five to 10 new followers a day. But my numbers on your little list where it tells you how many followers you have. 
Yeah. That only goes up like three or four. So definitely some fuckery going on there. Tom fuckery. But anyways, come and follow me. Instagram, Ron from New England and the Wicked Planet podcast. If you have any hate mail for Buckley, I, I welcome it. Send it over because I love reading it to him. Uh, the Wicked Planet podcast at gmail.com. Go find us. If you're on the telegram, go find the Wicked Planet uh, podcast chat. Come and join it. It's about a hundred and something members in there now when it's grow that grows every week too. A lot of interesting stuff in there and uh, some really cool, just back and forth conversations and a lot of cool links. So everybody's welcome on that. Just if you come on the telegram chat, don't be pushing the crypto bullshit or uh, the I'm selling this or, Oh, this person got me $5,000 in 10 minutes. Like I will fucking delete you in two seconds. No sex robots either. No, none of that bullshit. It's it's for the show. Come on, talk about conspiracies and things like that. I don't want any other bullshit. So, but you're welcome to come and check it out. It's an open page right now, so I don't have to approve you. Just come on and join. It's not a problem. I'll keep you posted on what's going on. There. And that's an easy way to get a hold of me direct to or DM me on Instagram at Ron from New England. All right, everybody. Had a good week. Had a good show. Hope everybody enjoyed it. And then we will see you next week. Rodden from New England, signing off. Buckley. 